Oh, what? Did you click no, it? No, you gotta, you gotta, hang it. Huh? What are you doing? That what? is my forbidden door, Fat Mac. Oh, no, oh, what? Just, you know what? Just let me, it, it's calling me. It's calling. It's gotta stay closed. It's calling me, buddy. No, you must never open the forbidden door. A wise man once said every door should be opened. And that's <laughs> what I said to my girlfriend when she said not in the back door. <laughs> well, Tony Khan has opened that forbidden door to taste upon the succulent fruit upon the other side. The east side. The far east side. Yeah, so we finally, all of this, uh, you know, when, when AEW first came around, we all got to talking about, you know, with the different talents involved, could we see Impact? Could we see AAA? Could we see Ring of Honor? Could we see New Japan working with them? Well, hey, fun yuns. I tell you what, as of this Wednesday, not only are they working with uh, Impact and NWA, now they're working with New Japan Pro Wrestling the second largest pro wrestling organization in the world right behind WWE. This is a huge coup. This is awesome. This is everything I think wrestling fans want. Except for those salty WWE guys who just can't get off it. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think WWE fans look for something different than we look for. So, you know, to each their own. As long as they're happy... Good for you, buddy. Good for you. You'll go get a participation prize. You'll go sit in the corner there, buddy. Yeah, you betcha. Yes, as we had said, the forbidden door has been opened. And the wrestling world was stunned when Kenta attacked John Moxley on AEW Dynamite following the end of the main event. The two are set to face off for Moxley's IWGP United States Championship at New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong and follows Moxley's attack on Kenta at the last New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong show. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Big Daddy Dave confirmed that AEW and New Japan are in a working relationship. And the sex is good. Wow. He said that a deal needed to be made before New Japan uh, would have Moxley on their shows to defend the United States title. And in return, Kenta would show up on Dynamite. Meltzer also noted that there are people in AEW that cannot wait to go back to Japan. He followed up by saying that once travel restrictions and quarantine regulations are cleared up, anything is possible, including IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion Kota Ibushi and AEW world champion Omega facing off. Something that the two want to happen someday, and I think the whole world is with them on that. I agree. And now, Pasty, this obviously, we, we, we opened this up at the top of the show. This is Probably the biggest news this week. Um, we're going to go into more detail later on, obviously, when we get into news and notes and uh, comings and goings, because this just opened up a a figurative beyond forbidden door. You know what I mean? But I, I will say something that many people aren't talking about as much, or at least not as much that I've read, is keep in mind that N, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling... 
their new show is coming out of the Los Angeles area. They actually have a dojo in Los Angeles. So they can fly people over, quarantine for however long they need to quarantine, and actually have New Japan people in America and still on New Japan programming because they're recording both in Japan and in the United States. So they can record matches in the United States, send them to Japan. They can record matches in Japan, send them to the United States for that show. And it really opens up a lot happening. So we can have various American performers on New Japan shows because they can go right over to Cali and do it. Or vice versa. We can have New Japan people fly in and bring in other folks or just travel over to Florida from California, as Kenta did, and appear on AEW, or perhaps on Impact, or wherever, I guess, they all want to fucking go. It's it's an exciting time. And if you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're going to want to stick around for later in the show, because that's not all the major news we have for you this week. It's a, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. We say that all the time, but it just gets better and better. Pasty this week has really opened some doors and has been huge. But let's not forget, so many times in the past, doors have been opened to new venues and gigantic news has come out. And we usually save those stories for this week in pro wrestling history. And Pacey, we got a doozy on this one. With the upcoming Super Bowl mere days away, we're going to discuss February 3rd, 2001. I, is, is it Stone Cold? No, it was February 3rd, 2001, 16 years ago today. Exactly one year to the date of the announcement of the formation of Vince McMahon, NBC, XFL, which, by the way, folks, that is not the Extreme Football League. The X never actually stood for anything. And there was an actual Extreme Football League, which had no ties to WWE or Vince McMahon, and that merged with AF2, which is the developmental league for arena football. And, of course, nothing has ever happened with either of those things. <laughs> so thank you very much. But, no, on February 3rd, the XFL played its opening game, the very first game ever, Pasty, the NBC National game, coming just a week after Super Bowl Thirty-Five was between the New York Hitmen, who were black and pink, but WWE still to this day swears wasn't a shot at uh, Brett <laughs> versus the Las Vegas Outlaws, and the Outlaws shut out the Hitman nineteen to zero. Yes, indeed, also, the Outlaws were my team. I remember that shit. It also uh, brought up a lot of questions: if the New York Hitman was a shot at Brett the Hitman Hart. Were these really predetermined matches being as they had the Hitmen lose 19 to 0? <laughs> Not a great start. It's a screw job. <laughs> Another game that night pitted a Chicago Enforcers and Orlando Rage, and that saw the Rage hang on for a 33 to 29 victory. Holy crap, that's a huge scoring game. But the score isn't the most notable thing in that game. No, it's most noted for Orlando's Hashid Shasimd 
Dean separating his left shoulder in the game's opening scramble for the ball, which was the gimmick that replaced the coin toss, which they later got rid of because every scramble for the ball ended up in an injury. (laughs) It's going to be such good shit, pal. NBC's debut broadcast, which featured most of the Hitman Outlaws game, but not all, got a 9.5 Nielsen rating and 15.7 million viewers, which did make it the most watched show that night. Although, due to various circumstances, ratings plummeted from that point on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I watched 90% of that season, and I'm not a football guy whatsoever. And you won't be after watching 90% of that season. (laughs) No, no, you won't. But it was entertaining, and it was a Vince McMahon venture, and I was young and dumb and thought he was a good guy. Yeah. And The Rock was there opening night. I remember that. There's hope for The Rock's XFL, although I don't have high hopes. (laughs) In all honesty, I don't think The Rock will even have any seasons. I think he bought it to sell it. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. If nothing else to own sell the rights. Cody Rhodes. Uh, well, or he could he could own the rights to sell it to make a movie or a documentary or a mini series. Like I I really think that's his plan. But who who knows? Maybe he honestly he just bought he it to keep Vince McMahon from ever unleashing his horrible nightmare on the world again. And if he did that, God bless him. <laughs> you know, after twenty twenty I almost have to assume that's what it is. I love him for it. Yeah, he's he's a good man. He's a good uh, man. He's definitely not a little feller, and he's definitely yeah. not a beast. <laughs> uh, time for the token JRR. featuring Bruce Pritchard. Okay, I'm gonna give you an, I'm gonna give you an example. How about when Kane uh, gave the tombstone pile driver to the little feller this week on TV, uh, Finn Balor? Um. Send your hate tweets for that Finn Balor comment to Aunt Bruce Pritchard. How, what did I say bad about well, Finn Balor? First Ballard? of all, you forgot his name, and then you referred to him as the little fellow. This is like doing a podcast for Ric Flair. I said the feller. I said the feller because he's he's Irish, and I'm Irish, so we're Bro. both Irish. Oh, we're we're basically you. brothers. Look at you backpedaling. I like I like Finn. My, my, my whole thing with Finn is I like the beast so much more. The beast is Brock Lesnar. You mean the demon? Yeah. What the hell is Finn Balor? The thing when he paints his face. He's the beast. He's the demon. The demon. Okay. I like the demon so much more. God damn. Open mouth, insert foot. I like it when he paints his face and he's that other guy. I love that. I like him better when he's painted. (laughs) Paint me like your French girls. Exactly. Leo. Oh, that Bruce, you'd think he's running the fucking show. <laughs> you'd think he'd know some of his fucking well, characters. And Well, well Balor's on XT now. <laughs> that is true. And Kane's and, and Kane is a mayor now, so I guess <laughs> he's forgiven for not knowing the mayor and the NXT champ. Isn't he still NXT champion? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad he doesn't know the NXT champion. That is pretty sad. Ah. Uh, and basically, there were sad moments among us, although we kind of seen it happening. This weekend, we seen WWE's Royal Rumble of 2021. And I think I, I, I say, I think I speak for everyone when I say something we've said multiple times before. But God damn it, just have one rumble a fucking show. You cannot <laughs> sit through two fucking rumbles. Well, you can. 
it does start to get a little grating. I didn't. I chose not to. <laughs> but we you did know, have it did it did exceed my expectations from what I said last week. I was like, this is going to be a stupid shit show and I'm not going to care about anything. And I cared about more of the pay-per-view than I had anticipated. I, I would agree. I think I, I it ended up being better than I expected. With that being said, I can't see this being candidate for pay-per-view of the year. No, never. No, no. Uh, Pacey, we ended up starting out with a match that was moved to the pre-show. Uh, and nobody knows why, because the match that replaced it didn't need to replace it. I don't know. But <laughs> nonetheless, we got the Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler reclaimed their lost Women's Tag Team Champions by defeating the team of Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Basically, I have not gotten a chance to go and watch this one, although I want to because last week this was the match I was most looking forward to, and it, it seems like they gave them good time, 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Did you happen to to gaze upon this uh, bout of strength between these four <laughs> Amazonian women? Or I sort of did. Did you? Yeah, of. yeah, I had the pre-show on, but I was still, you know, getting myself situated and ready for the, you know, massive pay-per-view ahead of me, which... They're not so bad anymore, I gotta say. At least they're not four-hour shows, but still. Right. Uh, no, this was a it was a pretty solid match. Wow, it's it's so amazing the way your words just paint a picture, Pasty. I know. <laughs> I'm just punishing uh, you and the <laughs> listeners for not watching it. That's all. I, I agree, and I, and I do want to go back and watch this one. There are two matches I didn't watch. Uh, spoiler alert, but I won't tell you which one was the I other mean, one. I mean, Nia Jax ain't going to impress you, but the rest of the match was pretty good. Right. Uh, there was there was just like in the in the Royal Women's Royal Rumble, um, Flair and and Lacey Evans came out, and I think that's what distracted. Charlotte and Oscar ended up eating the pin, so then Charlotte can get mad at Oscar somewhere down the line too, probably and challenge for her title for WrestleMania. Right, I did see that. I know they showed clips of that later on in the broadcast. So at least, I mean, at least they did did a good job of telling the story for those who they know aren't going to watch the pre-show. I do like that. I'll give them credit for that. Then basically, we started out the uh, the uh, night. I assumed they would have a Royal Rumble at the beginning and a Royal Rumble at the end. That isn't how it ended up, though, was it? No, and it's probably, in hindsight, very obvious as to why this was the opening match of the show. I don't think Goldberg wanted to wait around, for one. <laughs> and this uh, this was a stupid... Are you, are you going with the old, uh, the old rumor that Hogan would, would get an early match in so that he could get back to the hotel and order room service <laughs> before it closed? <laughs> Goldberg would probably do that. <laughs> Put me on first. I want to go get that fucking chicken. I got to get back the before God. the maintenance crew leaves. <laughs> I smashed my door with my forehead. <laughs> uh, nope. uh, WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre retained his gold against Bill Oldberg. Goldberg. And then Goldberg sweat all over Drew McIntyre as he hugged him and made out with him feverishly after the match you pass the test big boy i'm opening my forbidden door 
Well, to be fair, Pasty, if you're making out with somebody and you're not sweating all over them, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> just going to say that right now. I just, I, I love seeing both of them after the match because Drew McIntyre was dry by comparison. <laughs> it was cool, though. I, I was, I loved the fact that Goldberg kind of passed the torch, so to say, because as I mentioned last week, beating Goldberg. I mean, for those of us who, who who enjoy a great quality wrestling match, Goldberg was never great. No. But as far as pro wrestling, I mean, he's a huge star, a main eventer, a Hall of Famer, uh, one of the biggest names today. You know, Goldberg is a bigger name than anybody else on this card, including Roman Reigns. So I think it is cool to have Goldberg kind of show respect to Drew McIntyre and pass the torch. I think that's awesome. I I I suppose I don't think passing the torch of being really good at really short matches is, is anything anybody wants to see from Drew McIntyre going forward. But. Well, it, it's passing the torch of being a uh, a superstar. I mean, WWE calls them superstars, right? Goldberg is a superstar. Yeah. Reigns is a superstar, but Goldberg's bigger. Um, nobody else on this match is a su- uh, maybe Orton. That's debatable. Well, if you've heard locker room stories, Goldberg is je- definitely bigger than most. I'm telling you, he's got a. Uh, I I heard something about uh, a game of jump rope involving Goldberg. He didn't even <laughs> use his hands. Didn't even use his hands, folks. Um, pasty. This went two minutes thirty seconds, and don't get me wrong, I was not expecting, nor did I want a twenty-minute five-star clinic. Mm. But in all honesty. These two brawlers should have been able to pass the five-minute mark, I think, and still put on a show. Um, I mean, the way they set up the match, it did help sell that both men are at the top of their game. But I don't know. Was it an awesome match? No. Maybe this was the best match we could get out of these two. That is possible. I mean, it wasn't a horrible match. It wasn't even a bad match. It was just two minutes and thirty seconds, though. Can you you can't have a great yeah. match in that time, right? Yeah, this, this it's it's just that's for the casual viewers. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, honestly, I'm just gonna reiterate what I said before. Despite how people, how the uh, keyboard warriors might feel about Goldberg beating that legend clean in the middle of the ring and in short order, that's that's a real feather in the cap to this. Uh, this Scottish warrior. I mean, I think he, he can definitely, mm. he can go a good six months bragging on that. I want to see Goldberg. And I know we're past the point of this, but I want to see Goldberg actually have a decent length match before he retires. Yeah. He didn't have it before. And he I'm not talking the under versus the undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Cause that was wrong for long for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. Uh, but no, I just, to me, it's tedious. Like Brock Lesnar matches are usually short, but you know he can go. Well, and it's it's super, yeah, yeah, and it's super exciting from bell to bell. But I think uh, you hit the nail on the coffin, and Brock Lesnar isn't even on here. But um, that's one of the biggest gripes I have on these keyboard warriors. Is what I'm going to start going with now. You can't call them internet fans because everybody's an internet fan, but. Like, Brock Lesnar is one of the best wrestlers on WWE's roster. Just because he doesn't do it doesn't mean he can't do it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the motherfucker's awesome. Uh, Goldberg is not. No, no. He, he he literally can only probably go for about five minutes. I kind of I kind of think back to um, with 
Brock Lesnar. I think back to Hulk Hogan and everybody always shits on Hogan and stuff. And guy, it may have even been three, four months ago now, though. I posted a uh, clip of some highlights of Hulk Hogan over in New Japan. And you've seen him doing matches or doing moves in, ma- in, in a sing- one single match that even in the early 2000s, you would have been surprised to see these cruiserweights do. He was flipping. He was jumping off the ropes. He was doing hurricane rot. Like he was, he was wrestling, chain wrestling and flipping and flop. Like Hulk Hogan could fucking go. But people always talk about, oh, he's nothing because Vince McMahon was, let's say it, smart enough to tell Hogan, don't do that. Go in there, hit him with a few fucking punches, do that leg drop and just shine. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest, that was the right call. If if Hogan had went out there and did all that stuff, I don't even think WWE would be around today. Nobody yeah. wanted to see that. But um, anyways, long story short, I gave this a C plus. I think worst match of the night, but that's kind of hard to disagree with. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, by far the worst match of the night. It wasn't terrible. I, I mean, and and Drew won. The right um, guy won for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was worried about that. Uh, obviously, you picked Oldberg. Well, you just went out and just picked everybody well, that yeah, no, who was, was going to a... lose on this one. Fuck <laughs> it, I'm going zero for zero. <laughs> And I did. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> you rocked it. Um, uh, up next, we had the match that replaced the women's tag team championship match. We had a SmackDown women's championship match. Sasha Banks defending her championship against Carmella successfully. And pasty. Carmella with Reginald with yeah, an R. Yeah, I was just. Ah, you fucking stole. God damn it, you. I was just going to go there. You just fucking took it from me. I was going to say Carmella came with a guy named Reginald, who I. I don't, I've never seen this fucker. I don't know where he came from. But yeah, I was going to say he's like a dollar store Caleb with a K. Really you said is. Reginald with an R. I was like, God. Really okay, so it's not just me that, that says he's like a fucking dollar store Caleb with a K. <laughs> I'm glad you I, I'm glad you said it. You stole my thunder, but I'm glad you said it because that means there's more people out there that that noticed this. It's too it's it's like playing as the nose on your face. Oh. And I got a big nose, Loke. Not oh. not triple H sized, but still large. <laughs> that should be the saying, playing as the nose on Hunter's face. Exactly. Ah. But basically, I will admit, this, this was a fun match, and I was actually impressed at uh, how much Carmella has grown as a performer, at least at least working with Sasha. I mean, Sasha... Oh, I thought you were talking about her boobs. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Carmella's come a long way. I used to not be able to stand her on the mic or in the ring, and now right. it's just I can stand her in the ring. Not uh, on the she, mic. <laughs> she's, she's, you know... Uh, Maybe, oh. dude, <laughs> dude, she she hung in there with the boss, which is which is good. And of course, like I said, the boss can make a lot of people look good. But she took this this scary ass bump and just fucking went at it like nothing happened. She went for a suicide dive, and she uh, I guess bit the dust a little. You might say she she went fucking head first and and bent her neck in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. 
But she got back up immediately as if nothing happened and even went in for a fucking two count. It's like, wow. I, I loved it. I enjoyed seeing her uh, when she tied Sasha's hair to the ropes and started stomping on her. I fucking loved that <laughs> bit. The only thing is, while I'm watching it, I kept waiting for Sasha to take out some extensions and free herself and just start whooping on her. And she didn't. <laughs> I was like, that would be badass. <laughs> just, just let me take out these extensions real quick. Let me take out my weave. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like that spot. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a decent match. Um, I, I didn't anticipate it, but it's it's good. Um, one thing I don't like is, like, almost all the women. No. Uh, yeah, almost, except for Asuka and Sasha Banks. All the women who have wrestled already are going to wrestle again. Yeah. Well, it just and, shows you their, their, lack, their, their lack of depth in the women's division. Yeah. Um. I, I will say I've never heard of this Reginald cat. I don't know how long he's been with Carmella. I don't know where that came from, but he, he didn't really distract too much and he was kicked out pretty short after the beginning. So I felt, I mean, I felt he did what he was supposed to do. I didn't like it. Definitely him. He almost gave me like James Ellsworth vibes too, the way she treats him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that kind of the exact same thing, except he's uh-huh. not a, even a right. wrestler, but I guess James. Ellsworth. He has a chin. That's true. I, I think this goes to show, though, Sasha, she definitely remains one of the most consistent performers in WWE, male or female. And, um, you know, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing these two go at it again at Fastlane. I don't want to see a long series, but I thought they had chemistry. I thought it went good. The match, it exceeded my expectations anyways. I don't know what anybody else thought, but I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't amazing. Sasha can do much better, but I enjoyed it. At this rate, I would anticipate Carmella to have a championship within the next calendar year. Oh, I hope not. It'll happen. Uh, I gave this one a B plus. I mean, just just it's solid, not amazing, but solid. Can Impact work with uh, WWE so we can get to Neil and Caleb versus Carmella and Reginald? <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? God, let's just open all the fucking doors, the windows, everything. It's what they tell you to do when there's a tornado nearby. They tell you to open the fucking windows when there's a 170 mile per hour wind. Yeah, Are you sure keep, about that? Pace the pressure even. <laughs> That's what they say. I think that would fuck up the pressure in the house. It does. It does. That's something a lot of uh, That's an old wise century tale. Americans had to learn the hard oh, way. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one. Just like <laughs> the house just, just like, explodes. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Just like um, go go under an underpass during a tornado. <laughs> Are you kidding? The wind is the fucking strongest when it's going through right. a tunnel. You dumb fuck. There's no way you're surviving that. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love I love a lot of those old wives' tales. It's good shit. It is. Oh, 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 oh. Curl yourself into a ball. You'll be okay. How about the old, yeah, the old, um, what did they call it? Not duck and cover, but what is that what they, yeah, what was the thing yeah. they used to teach the kids in the Where you had to put your head between your legs? Yeah, something. yeah, for a nuclear bomb. <laughs> That'll help you. I like the South Park when they're like, oh, to evade the lava, you've got to curl into a ball and the lava will pass works. clean over you. <laughs> it just rolls right <laughs> over them. That's awesome. 
My yeah. recommendation, if they're fucking dropping nuclear bombs on you, just fucking kiss the closest person next to you. <laughs> just, I don't care, man, woman, ugly, beautiful, fucking cat, child. I don't give a fuck. You're going. Just do it. Just get a last kiss in because you're fucked. But instead, the government would rather you smell your own taint juices. I mean, the last I mean, thing you're going to witness. I guess, to be honest, if you can suck yourself, that's also a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. So, so get this last one in real quick. <laughs> the guy that came up with that probably could. He was he was the first guy to remove his ribs to suck his own penis. He recommended that to cure any ailment. Yeah, just suck on your dick. It's good. <laughs> it's never done me wrong, damn it. <laughs> Hard to argue with that logic, uh, isn't it? Definitely. What's next, Pasty? <laughs> well, it's hard to argue with the Women's Royal Rumble match being probably the most entertaining thing on the on the card by far. I think there was a lot of good stories told here. Yeah. There was some not very good stuff. Yeah, it's a Rumble match. But in the end, the right superstar won. I definitely think so. <laughs> it could have gone so many ways. And at the beginning of this um, pay-per-view, they were going through the Royal Rumble stats. And they're like, well, for starters, they, they had said the last four years, everybody who'd won went on to win a championship in in, in at WrestleMania. So, so oh, that's not they're happening. not winning this year. <laughs> but Not at all. Uh, but then it got me to thinking, like, you know, they haven't done a, a number one entrant to win the Rumble in a very long time, and why wouldn't they do that in the women's match? And Bailey came out first, and I'm like, oh, shit. This is how she's going to get to Sasha, and that's kind of cool. And and it didn't play out that way, but there was there was a lot of good stuff in this match. I Oh, I've really enjoyed this match altogether. Obviously, I mean, I, I picked Bianca Belair. And and that was that was a mix of two things. I went with not only my heart but my mind. I thought it was very plausible that she could win. I don't see any reason she wouldn't win. We know with the pandemic and the ratings the way they are, WWE, there's no way WWE is having a women's match main event WrestleMania. So they almost could have anybody win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to say it that way, but that's I'm sure that's how they're thinking. This was a, a very well-booked rumble. I mean, probably one of the more better-booked Royal Rumbles I've seen for a long time. Tons of entertaining moments. The cameos were great. We got Tara. We got Mickey Tory James. Wilson. We got uh, Tori Wilson. Those um, might have been the only three. No, but... there was another one. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. It's the one I always get mixed up with Beth Phoenix. Yeah, she was there, too. Uh, it's the one that Boogeyman ate the fucking growth off of her face. The fuck? Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, the one who can't say, Jillian Hall. Yeah, Jillian yeah, Hall. Yeah, I could have done with that. I don't her. even remember the yeah. singer gimmick she came out with. That's Isn't that sad? That's she the only thing I remember I'm like, what the from. hell is this? Nope, I remember the growth on her face that Boogeyman <laughs> ate. Yeah, she's not good. I didn't need to see no, her. But nonetheless. I, I feel so bad because for like the last 10 years, I forgot she existed. And I just merged everything she did with Beth Phoenix. And I'm sorry I ever put that on you, Beth Phoenix. That, that's because Beth Phoenix is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's horrible, Pacey. You should really feel bad about yourself. I, I should. But I, I also think, I think the biggest thing was, this was a very, this was a, a very capable rumble. But bringing it down to Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley as the final two. Yeah. First of all, 
you could see both of them winning. So I, yep. I think almost everybody legitimately didn't know who was going to win. And I think both people, almost everybody would have been happy to see win. Bianca out. I was like, oh, Ripley's going to take this. Yeah, and, and I think anybody would have been happy with either one, or at least the majority of folks would have been happy with either one of them women winning. But I'll tell you what, I was literally standing. I couldn't take my eyes off the TV. And to be honest, the majority of the uh, fake-out eliminations, I was I was like, this is it. And I was like, oh, no, this is it. Oh, no, this is like, I don't know that I felt this this excited for the ending of a rumble for a long time. No, it was a fun match. It was easy to watch. My kids like to watch wrestling with me, but they don't really have the greatest patience for it. Right. And I was so proud when my daughter sat down and watched this entire match with me. And I was just happy that it was a match worth her time. And that's what, that's really, I mean, that's she not got introduced really... to uh, pretty much got introduced to 30 women that she can look up to. You right. know what I mean? And that's and, awesome. And I know that, to be honest, it should just all be about the wrestling and, and it really shouldn't matter gender or anything like that. But it's we are still at a point in this world where that is really what it's about. It's about showing our young ladies that, yes, you, this is you're just as amazing as the rest of these people. And in fact, maybe you're the best out of all of them. I mean, that's that's so fucking awesome, Pasty. I just absolutely love that fact. Mm hmm. You know, a lot of times rumbles are pretty hard to grade, and I usually put them, you know, in the roughly C category. Uh, and there were a few boring blah moments here and there, and there's there's just gun there's no way around it in a battle royal. There's just no way around it. But this really was good for me. And oh, this was on par with the men's rumble from last year, which was excellent. I yeah, think. and honestly. You know, some people have made fun of it, but the post-match promo from Bel Air, I thought felt genuine. It was emotional, and I thought it was an awesome way to cap off this women's rumble. I don't yeah. care what anybody else thinks. I, I've, it felt genuine to me, and I was I'm I was a, more than I'm happy gonna to hear the, it. I'm going to put the EST in WrestleMania. And then Corey's like, she, she's going to put the EST in grandest stage of them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why Corey Graves is a great announcer. <laughs> he knows how he knows how to pick up on those things. It's good though. And I mean, they're pushing her fast, which is probably kind of scary and she probably isn't going to get used so much after this is said and done. Plus, you got to think about what month we're in right now and that's another thing that bothers you me, know, but I she I deserves even, it. I thought about that after I picked my two picks. Because my two picks were Bianca Belair and Keith Lee, and after mm. I picked that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Everybody listening <laughs> thinks I'm gonna that I'm picking them just because it's Black History Month. I didn't even fucking think of it. In fact, the first time I thought of it was when I was posting a uh, amazing picture for Black History Month on our uh, Facebook page, Beefsticks or Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks Podcast. Which now I have two. There is a uh, an amazing black history pick uh, with a bunch of the the best African-American wrestlers on it. And not all of them. It's missing so many, including like Ernie Ladd and, and many others. But it has so many of them. And then there's also one that's all uh, black females. So facebook.com forward slash beef six podcast. But that is not why I picked the two I picked. In fact, I didn't even realize I picked two black wrestlers. I, I picked two up and coming wrestlers that are, two of the most talented in their divisions. 
Definitely. And I picked based on Tommy Dreamer's initials. Yeah, and, and, yo, dude, did you know you almost got Bel Air? Yeah. You were one <laughs> off of getting Bel Air. I had to look it up. I was like, yep. oh, shit. Who, I was like, who did he pick? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, he wasn't even close for Ben. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, shit, he picked four, and Bel Air was like, I think, five or three. Uh, you were like one off from Bel Air. Yeah, yeah, like, I knew. The whole time, I'm like, did I get that? Did I get that? I never went back and looked. But then she won, and I'm like, oh, he got the point anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, you, no, you were one off, though. You <laughs> damn near got that. I was like, wow. That would have been cool as fuck. Uh, that would have been awesome. Um, uh, I, I gave this an A grade. I think this – and listen, coming from Fat Mac, a Royal Rumble getting an A grade to me is almost like an S ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, my only knock is a lot of the women that we saw in the Royal Rumble already had matches that night, and that kind of takes away from everything. Right. It's they almost have the opposite problem that AEW has. AEW has so many women and not a lot of good ones and no stories. And WWE has Dude, that women's right to Charlotte while she was doing the figure eight was fucking awesome. That was so fucking Yeah. That was badass. I forgot uh, about that till you just said that just yeah, now. Yeah. That was badass. Yeah. I will admit that. But um yeah, it's such like, a hokey storyline, but I gotta say I kinda love it. Yeah. Well, you know, it <clears throat> it's two generations of women. And that's not a bad thing. It almost harkens back to uh, Flair and Sting. Um, I'm not comparing either one to those people. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Charlotte is no Rick. And Lacey Evans is no Sting. But, <clears throat> that's I mean, that, that's what it harkens back to. It's two eras of women. And we're... we're I think we're at a place now where there are no more flares or stings or steamboats or Brunos or Hogan's in, you know, in new Japan, you have them. I don't think there is anywhere else though. Right. I mean, yeah. you can easily say Tanahashi. Okada. You can say you have them in new Japan, but if you were watching the product on a regular basis, like you do with American wrestling, I don't think it would be the same. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Tanahashi and Okada, I would dare say definitely would be for sure. Tanahashi. But I think I think way. what makes uh, New Japan so special is it's a, it's a, the occasional treat. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but isn't that what those were back in the day? I mean, you didn't get them every week. You got them once a month. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I think that's the, I mean, honestly, that's the only reason they were special. Nothing special twice a week, is it? No. I get head twice a week, and, you know, sometimes I'm just like... All right, go ahead. I'm going to turn on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and you just better finish before they get to the fucking ending. Yeah, you can't fake it with that one. Uh, fake getting off. Getting I guess piss it, a little bit. You spit it in their mouth. Piss a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> <Spiss> a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> That's when you're like, oh, baby, I just, uh, oh, come on. I want to come on your ass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It happens, women, okay? You're not the only ones that fake orgasms. Just fucking <laughs> suck it up finally. You don't you don't own the market on that. I'm sorry. Um, speaking of faking orgasms, Pasty, what do we got next? Or am I next? Where are we at? Where at? Wait, the last man standing Universal Championship match, seeing Roman Reigns lose to Kevin Owens, but still win and retain his championship. <laughs> Fuck, this was a really good match until that point. And I got yeah, so mad. Even I after, was yelling. 
before and after it was a great match. That one blemish really fucked it. Well, that blemish is a terrible blemish, especially in a Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Where oh. you give so much leeway to so much, but that matters. And, of course, well, I'm talking about Roman Reigns getting handcuffed. Are well, we going to go through the match, or do you want to go yeah, to the Yeah, and I, I want to I wait. I want to wait, because, right. because we this match deserves to be talked about, like, yeah, like yeah, outside of the botch, right? Am I right? Yeah. So I, I thought it, this was, you know, excluding what, you know, we, we dare not say at this moment. Uh, this was a fucking awesome last man standing match. Super good. Uh, both guys, they went through hell. This is, I think this is the best match that these two have had together. They used, you know, they used the whole fucking arena, which was in, in ways that you don't see a lot anymore. Yeah. Which was fucking yeah, no, awesome. Kevin Owens going off through the tables off the fucking, the top row of the arena. That was awesome. Yes. Um, and Kevin Owens, you know, to me, I think to everybody, or at least most people, he's best as a heel. But if you're going to have him a face, these extra physical matches is where yes. to really prove him as the resilient babyface challenger. And Reigns, man, he's just, he's still owning this character of his as the unrelenting champion. I mean, it's, oh, it's so good when they were, when they were up there before Kevin Owens went through, I knew Owens was the one going through, but I just, Reigns kept like stumbling close to the edge. I'm like, please, please. Right? And that's what I love. Reigns is the guy you want to see all the bad things happen to. And, and, and I love him for it. I don't know. It's good. This was, this was a perfect story of, of two wrestlers who fucking hate each other but love the thought of being like, quote, the top guy. But at the same time, they still made you feel like this is more, uh, more than just both doing title. it for their family. You know? Yeah. It was, it was, they wanted blood. It's yeah. Shades it of the same coin. It. It's awesome. And I also think this is another example of why Reigns deserves his spot as the quote head of the table. I mean, this is this, if they would have started him like this, I don't think there'd be near as many Reigns haters out there as there was. And he may have, five more championships than he does now. I mean, this is his character. Honestly, though, I think without the, the whole face push thing, he, he if he came in like this, he might have been shooed in more as like a Randy Orton type character. And I think Roman Reigns, having gone through the everybody hated him, and now he's in a place where he's clicking on all cylinders, I think he's setting himself up for a very strong rest of his career. You know, that that actually makes sense, Pasty, when you put it that way, because this this is, I think this is him. Like, this is perfect for him. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think the fact that we know he was forced babyface down our throats, the fact that he turned this evil heel probably does help that character a, a lot more, not even a little more. I think probably a lot more, yeah. Oh yeah, and it's poetic justice because, in a sense, it's it's almost shades of, of the rocks come up. You know what I mean? Yep. Everybody hated rock, the rock. Die, Rocky, die. Yeah. Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks. Yeah. No, Roman never got a die. Roman die chant. <laughs> Not no. even when he had cancer. <laughs> Love it. Um, I I'm gonna say something too that I don't know if Pasty's uh finally turned on or, or changed his mind on or not, otherwise he'll disagree with me. But I think the shit talking throughout the match just added so much more. No, it, it worked here. And, uh, I feel like it worked here because they have to get around the whole arena. You know what I mean? So the shit talking right. in between makes a lot of sense. And the it's heelish- better than just stumble walking to the place. And the the 
Reigns taking out the ref to avoid losing. I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect Reigns, and that's also perfect. You you can see uh, Paul Heyman, you know, that's that's Paul Heyman's influence too. Like, just, just fucking take out the fuck. If you know you're going to lose, take out the fucking ref. Right. Without a ref, that you can't lose. Should, should have said to do it twice, though, Heyman. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, just wait. I want to say one more thing before we move on to that. All right. I think Pacey that Reigns missed his calling as a hardcore wrestler with these cage matches, last man standing yes. matches, falls counting your matches. Like he has been so fucking ruthless, awesome, sadistic, enjoyable. I could think he could have been perfectly in ECW or C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I have that written down. It, CZW or ECW with this persona and these types of matches. I think he would have been a superstar, uh, five eight maybe ten years earlier for sure oh yeah because he would have fit in right this this character of reigns not the old reigns this reigns would have been a superstar in the old ecw or in czw 100 but then we never would have got this reigns in wwe because vince is a bastard like that true (laughs) maybe we would have got uh brody lee instead and things would have turned out different we don't know So now let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, Pasty. Well, before we get to the bad part, I think, okay, I think we, we discussed this before the podcast, but I think it, it deserves talking about again. And oh, that's the, the fucking the, golf the cart. spots that everybody claims is, is AEW related <laughs> with the golf cart and then Kevin Owens jumping off the forklift. I can kind of agree with the people like AEW did this very recently and it's kind of, it, it, it has to be more than just a mere coincidence that WWE is doing it now. Now I don't think that this is on WWE booking it, but I think Kevin Owens kind of had this thought in his head like, Oh, I can do these spots and do it better. See, and I, I think the opposite. First of all, I, I don't know if it does or doesn't have anything to do with AEW. It, it maybe did. It maybe didn't. But I think that if anybody's seen those on AEW, they're thinking as, oh, shit, that's our spot. Let's show them right, that we yeah. started it and we can do it better. Like, that's kind of the way I see it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a WWE fucking uh, apologist at all because, obviously, I'm not watching their shit uh, other than the pay-per-views every now and then, and this one was good. And I'll, I'll, call, I'll call them out on their shit. At the same time, I'm not going to just give a free pass at people that just want to and AEW, there's 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 AEW apologists just as there are WWE. Oh, yeah. Just yep. because you know AEW used a golf cart, which I, I think when we talked about the uh, stadium stampede, I even mentioned, well, WWE did it at WrestleMania 17. It's not new, yeah. and it's like now they bring it out again. It's like, well, you know, it, it, I think if they did copy, it was for that. Either way, um, honestly. I liked both WrestleMania 17 and this one better than Stadium Stampede, but uh, that's just me. I'm See, sorry. I think Stadium Sp- Stampede was good, but the forklift spot definitely worked better for Kevin Owens than it did for Matt Hardy. <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Um, and, and maybe that goes to show you the difference in um, companies. You know, WWE is very big on safety on you know they've they've had lawsuits for cte they're a publicly traded company they've been through tons of various lawsuits for people who have not only been injured but lost their lives i almost feel like maybe wwe does worry more about that than aew whereas aew 
it's kind of Tony Khan making the calls. And Tony Khan is an old school wrestling buff like myself. And he loved the old NWA, AWA, World Championship or, or World Class Championship Wrestling, Mid-South, where people did all this crazy shit. And, and uh, as Undertaker would say, men were men. <laughs> and maybe he feels like he can let them do that more. But I think there's a time and place for old school to be important and i don't think health is where it is yeah yeah well it's just a learning game you know he's still learning how to run a wrestling company it is i mean they've um you know i i was actually re-listening to an old something to wrestle with podcast where they talked about the first time honky tonk man used the guitar and he hit jake the snake roberts well they just used a real guitar and busted it over his head well, they have a metal fucking pole down the middle of a guitar to make sure that it's steady and doesn't break when you play it. You can't hit somebody in the head with that. And they were like, well, you know, after that, we gimmicked our guitars and we, we opened them up. We took the metal part out. We took this out. We took that out and made sure they just broke. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it, it's a learning experience. And I'm, I'm sure if uh, Tony Khan called up Vince McMahon and said, hey, how do I do this? Uh, how do I do this to make it look the best and have the easiest thing? Vince probably ain't taking his calls. So he's just got to, they just got to learn on their own. And to be fair, I'm sure a lot of wrestlers are saying, just fucking hit me, boss. I'll right. take it. They're like Cody Rhodes with that chair shot. Yeah. Just fucking hit me. Dude. Like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. You're, you're not macho. You're dumb. Matt Hardy, I can still finish the match. Don't worry, I'm fine. Yeah, it's like, no, you're dumb. You're not fine. You're dumb. Just carry me, carry me to the cage I'm supposed to climb up, please. Oh, fuck. Give me a boost. Like Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so so we, we've discussed, I think, most of the high points here, low points, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So, Pasty, bring us into... Uh, Again, the elephant in the room, what everybody was talking about and what people maybe made somewhat of too big of a deal about, but is a big deal. It's it's a pretty big deal. Roman Reigns busted out the handcuffs, and we saw these in the cage match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns when Jey Uso interfered. Yep. And that cost Kevin Owens the, the cage match where Roman was able to just walk out slow and cocky like. Which is and a was, great callback. I love yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Very, very tasteful. It was impactful. It did everything it was supposed to do. And then Kevin Owens got the handcuffs, and he shackled Roman Reigns to the scaffolding, and I was so excited. And the ref starts counting, and Roman Reigns grabs the ref, throws him into the scaffolding because he can't get out, and Heyman comes over with a key and starts fumbling around, and then another ref comes out and starts counting, and he gets to six. And then he stops because Paul Heyman's still trying to figure out how to unlock the goddamn handcuffs. And it was like a 30 count before Roman Reigns was even on his feet. And and Kevin Owens should have won, but Roman Reigns still won because that's WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was I screaming at my television. <laughs> yeah. I was I'm, so angry. One thing is I will admit before I didn't, uh, you I didn't told me up, you stopped at the women's and I just went and spoiled yeah. it all because I was that man. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I, I was, I was warned ahead of time. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's WWE network changing things or whatever, but I moved from my downstairs to my upstairs after the women's rumble. And then, there was no 
way to start the rumble again. <laughs> like I could start the old rumble. I could start the pre-show. I could start the preview to the rumble. There was no way for me to start the rumble. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just watch it later. And uh, yes, you, you let me know that this happened. So, so first of all, I already knew it was coming up. And to be honest, that ended up making the match a little better because I was expecting it to be shitty and it ended up being very good. But, um, first of all, the handcuff botch, let me say this. First of all, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw my grade out here. This, I know this is something that happens when doing live television. I mean, I'm sorry. It happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. That's the risk you take when doing live television, but it super took me out of the moment. Uh, I no longer felt like I was watching this amazing match. I felt like I was watching a TV program that didn't edit well. And it literally dropped my rating from what could have been maybe an A plus match. I I dropped it to a B plus. It it lost a whole letter grade for me. Just, just this one fucking thing. Uh, With that being said, first of all, the ref could have kept counting. He could have kept counting slightly slower and he maybe could have stopped at like eight instead of fucking six. Owens could have got up and attacked Roman Reigns again. Just, yeah, Paul Heyman could have jumped at the fucking ref. Like, there was a lot of outs. And, and I know, and they again... the worst possible choice. Well, and again, live TV, you maybe not have your best thought on and, and all of that. Um, I'm sure it doesn't help when somebody's in the ref's ear like, Stop the count! You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, probably, that probably really doesn't help. Heyman um, looked fucking terrified for his job after that. <laughs> Like, but I knew at the same time, Heyman's brain's whirling. Like, I can turn this around on Owens. Owens put the handcuffs on the wrong way. And that's how it came out after the fact, too, was it was because Kevin Owens put the handcuffs on backwards and Heyman couldn't get to the fucking lock mechanism. You can also use fake handcuffs with a release. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Why you got to use genuine real handcuffs? (laughs) We all know it's a work, damn it. Um, yeah, I thought I had a second point, but I don't even remember what the second point was just because we've already said it's, it really, it really fucked up a, an awesome match. You know, it'd be one thing if this wasn't a great match and that happened and right. we'd just be yeah. like, oh, da, da, da. but it's like you had the, and, and the thing is they could edit this later on down the line and make this seem oh, yeah, like they're the going to make it look better. Up. Yeah. It could be like one of the best ever last man standing matches, but, but it's not, this is, this is huge. This was a much bigger uh, foo pas than they, I think, they want to admit. And I think the worst part is, you could have gave Kevin Owens the belt in Tell oh, Fast Lane. Actually, you know what, Pacey? This is what I was going to say, and that actually makes me think of something we we glossed over that we need to get back to before we move on because we're an hour in here. Yeah, we are. Um, what I was going to say is, it's it's a fucking work. This is all fake. This is all made up. We all know it's made up. We all know that Reigns was going to win because they decided he was going to win ahead of time. Oh, yeah. So it's like not the worst fucking thing in the world. At the same and, point, and I will give him that. Because if my but... boy Kevin Owens could win on a stipulation, even if it is just a temporary bandage thing, 
I'd be happy for him. Yeah, the fact that they had so many outs. They had Fastlane coming up for no reason other than they're moving to Peacock. They could have done something there. As we mentioned, you could have had Heyman do this. You could have had the ref do this. You could have had the fucking, you could have had a random, you know, Vince could be saying, Who, who's got their outfit on? Just fucking run out and we'll move the camera to them. And all of a sudden we forget the ref is counting. And you know what I mean? And there's a million and one things you could have done. They didn't do it. Whatever. That brings me back to something I want to talk about that the uh, keyboard warriors have been going off about this week also. Ooh. Um, is it beyond, the music performance? No, it's oh, don't don't get me started on that. <laughs> I don't like racist, and we don't need to talk about racist. Okay. Um, Bianca Belair, when her and um, I think it was when her, uh, her and Ripley uh, when and, the feet touched. Okay, was it her and Ripley? Yeah, yeah. There's people trying to say that Bianca Belair's feet touched the ground. So the handful it, of pictures, and I went back and watched it. Uh, maybe one did, maybe the other did. I didn't see two at one time. And the few pictures they showed, I see both shadows. So I don't know. Secondly, and this is what reminded me, it's a fucking work. Right. Bianca Belair was supposed to win. If both of her feet touched the ground for half of a second, that isn't an out because they already knew she was going to fucking win. And get back in the match. No, he eliminated himself and lost. But oh, okay. uh, Stone Cold, elim- Stone Cold, Steve Austin was eliminated and went back in. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's it's happened. Um, there's one other example at least that I can think of, and it's like it's a fucking work. Let's say they did both slightly touch. That's my fat ass isn't going to be able to prevent right. both my feet from touch. So shut the fuck up. Just let her win. God damn it. Okay, that was it. I'm done. <laughs> God damn it. I love you. And then we had the men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, Edge won. He was number one. Uh, Christian was there. Carlito was there. It was a pretty decent match, but it was overshadowed by the women's Royal Rumble as a a whole. And and the last man standing match. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it was was a good pay-per-view. It was almost an hour long, this match. And pasty, I'm not even going to lie to folks. I didn't watch it. I'm not going to go back and watch it. Don't care to watch it. Not that it's horrible, but it's probably about the same as every other one I've seen. I know who won, and it's an hour. I don't need to watch an hour of these guys <laughs> fucking around with each other. After I watched a very good women's Royal Rumble for almost the exact same time. One was 58-30, one was 58-50. I've seen one. That's why they need to split up the Rumbles. I don't need to see two. Right, yeah. I've seen one, I'm done. I'm done for a year. but it was a pretty um, decent match and if you get bored one day i recommend going back and watching it it's not terrible i I like edge winning um there are rumors out there there was any old guy to get a shot at wrestlemania i'm happy it was edge yeah i i would have you know i would have preferred the iron sheik but okay (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) there are rumors that ryan Kali, please there's actually, I should say, there's few unsubstantial rumors that Rollins was supposed to win. Um, if you go and look at the clip, there is a clip of Rollins being thrown out, and it looks like he was supposed to skin the cat. And I don't know why anybody listening to this doesn't know what that means, but that means grabbing the ropes, not quite touching the ground, and then using your core strength to flip back over the oh, ropes. I'm sure, 
I'm sure Rollins um, shaves Becky Lynch's <laughs> pussy all the time, especially since she was just bragging. Probably does skin the cat. With that being said, even if that was a botched spot, I really it, it seems like Edge winning was. I've ne- I haven't seen anything else to back that up. So maybe Edge fucked up a spot, or not Edge. Maybe Rollins fucked up a spot, but I, I think this was. Like you said, Pasty, they they went to great lengths to to make the the result happen on the last man right. standing match. They, they would have they found a way on this one. Edge, Edge was in there for forty five minutes when Christian came out, and Edge looked so happy. Yeah, Edge was meant to win this. I, yeah, I, think I hate works. to burst anybody's bubble. Rollins winning it wouldn't make sense. I mean, I guess Rollins versus Roman Reigns at Mania would be a good full circle match, but they're both bad guys. Yeah, and I mean, and in all honesty, do I need to see Edge going for a title at WrestleMania? No. Should he? Well, he was just on no. on Wednesday, potentially but, going after Balor. Yeah, it's he hasn't like, made his mind up yet. Obviously, no, he probably doesn't deserve it. But <clears throat> if anything, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Because I'm not going to watch it anyways, Pasty. Someday you will. Well, I mean, no, I mean, like, I'm not going to watch, like, Monday Night Raw or after this, or I'm not going to watch this or that. Like, I'm not watching this shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to find out what happens. Yes. Well, we've got a huge, big, beefy, savage Sentinel <laughs> coming up for you folks, and we got to keep it moving right along after we give you our best match and final letter grade, because I forgot. <laughs> best God match. Uh, Women's Rumble, I think, was the best out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. I'd be more inclined to say the last man standing if it wasn't for the end that kind of fucked them it, out of that. You know what? The last man standing would have took my pick if it wasn't for the botch. So oh, it was so good except for the end, and I was so mad. <clears throat> I, like I said, yelled at my TV. Uh, Pasty, uh, final grade. What do you give this as a whole? Uh, I think I, I wrote B+, plus, but I think I meant C+. Plus. You did write B+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, I think I meant C+. Plus. It right. was good, it was good, don't get me wrong. It was good botch, for a Royal Rumble pay-per-view, but... Yeah, that botch took a lot out of it for me, and... Uh, and Booker T wasn't in the fucking Men's Royal Rumble, and he should have been. There was a guy singing a fucking song about him, and then he was all gimmicked out all night long, and he wasn't in the Royal Rumble. That's, that's <laughs> another reason I was kind of mad. There you go. Uh, I'm going with a B... It would have been higher if not for uh, uh, multiple of things. The WWE Championship match dropped it for me. Um, them switching the women's tag with the women's SmackDown Championship, I think the tag match would have been better. Last Man Standing had a huge uh, guffaw. And the Men's Royal Rumble didn't intrigue me enough to watch it. Um, you know, after I just said it, I'm moving it from a B to a B-. minus. You put it at a C plus. I'm putting that at a B minus. Fair enough. Moving on, pasty. Snap into this week's edition of the Savage Sentinel. Dig it. And pasty, we're gonna start this one off with CM Punk, who is currently filming an episode of the Stars series Heels. After being in Atlanta for several weeks quarantining in advance for his role. This is where the rumor of CM Punk having COVID started from, which was quickly debunked. And being as us in Beef Sticks podcast try not to give you false fuck finishes, we never talked about the rumor of him having COVID because he debunked it before 
it ever came to be. But Punk is going to be the rival of Stephen Amell in a potential reoccurring role. Amell welcomed Punk to the series in a tweet as Punk will not will be not only on the show, but making a return to the pro wrestling ring. This should get people talking. Ooh. Yeah, I could just see Stephen Amell on the set like, hey, have you ever met my friend Cody? He's a really cool guy. Right. <laughs> So Steven tweeted, please welcome CM Punk to heels. He was a little rusty in the ring yesterday, but I assured him it was just like riding a bike. I'm sure he said that tongue in cheek. <laughs> of course, back in 2017, Punk impressed casting director directors auditioning for the role of Jack Spade, the lead in heels, but he wasn't hired because the project was paused. Amel was later brought on to play Spade when the project came back into action. And now Punk, uh, kind of fittingly, will be portraying his adversary. Yes, Ace Hart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it, Pasty. I love it. That was cool. I like to think you thought of that on the spot, but I almost I feel did. like you were waiting for that. Oh, no. No, that was definitely... Uh, I held it off a few seconds so I didn't interrupt you, but I there was there. you go. <laughs> uh, at the top of the show, I said we had some more big New Japan Pro Wrestling news for you, and I'm about to smash you in the face with it like a melon. Because on Thursday, NJPW announced a deal to bring their content to the Roku channel in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. Eat that, WWE Network, moving to Peacock yeah. only in the United States. Roku's free, bitches. A one-hour series of programming will premiere on February 11th. Episodes are scheduled to air every Thursday beginning at 5 p.m. on the Roku channel. Replays will be available on demand thereafter. New Japan also announced that the Roku channel will host a block of library content featuring the best matches from 2020. There's also potential for the introduction of more historical content in the future. Oh, this is cool. I'm excited. This is this amazing. I am so excited. I'm going to watch New Japan every week, and I can't believe it. That was something and, I never thought I'd be able to do. And I don't know if this is going to be, I mean, it doesn't say here, so we're not sure if this is going to be New Japan Strong, which is the weekly show that's uh, recorded in uh, San Francisco, that is, you know, they like like a, almost every wrestling show other than WWE. They record multiple episodes at a time and then air them. Mm-hmm. Um, so not sure if this is that or if they're just going to show uh, replays of their shows in Japan or what. Not it's sure. My gonna guess gonna is like it's going to be strong. Kind of compilations. Well, my uh, guess is it's going to be strong, which kind of shows like that would be awesome. An, an hour of the last. The, the best of the last two weeks, you know, is what New Japan's strongest. So I'm assuming yeah. it might be that. Um, I don't know, but I'm happy either way. Just to even, even just to get the, uh, the archival content. Yes. Of the best of the last year that there's, there's so much wrestling. It's hard to watch everything. And then you get to some of these wrestling things, which don't have <clears throat> easy streaming access. Yeah. <clears throat> New Japan, world is is not uh, very user friendly yeah so sometimes it's hard to catch up on everything so you know 
whether I even watch it every week or not, I could see me sitting down and watching a couple hours every two weeks or so. Or yeah, yeah. it's good shit. Yeah, those I'm weeks happy when you feel like you just haven't had enough wrestling in your diet. You can always flip over to the Roku channel. Gives me a reason to use that channel finally. And as we've been discussing, I think the last year, maybe year and a half. Holy shit, if there's not so many more fucking wrestling shows coming up on various platforms. Free platforms. There's just, yeah, there's just, A, there's no way that you can't find wrestling you enjoy. B, there's almost no way you can catch everything you want to. I mean, unless unless you just live on a trust fund and get to stay home all day and do nothing, it's impossible to catch up on everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of just uh, sitting at home doing nothing, a lot of pot smokers are going to love this one. Rob Van Dam, pasty, he knows how to make the most of his passion for wellness and cannabis. And, of course, those smoke signals became apparent in his latest business venture as ORVD was appointed chairman of the board for UAPC, Inc., if you're wondering what that is, that's United American Petroleum Corp. Incorporated, which acquired RVD Wellness LLC as a wholly owned subsidiary. What does this mean? I said a lot of big words and people who smoke weed have no fucking idea what I just said. So I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit. The whole effing show realized a few years back that by producing cannabis-based medicine with a team of partners, he could directly supply a potential remedy not only to wrestling superstars and alumni, but also to the dedicated fans and non-fans themselves. And just like that, RVD Wellness LLC was created to make and distribute the highest quality CBD products that are both strong and and effective. And do you want to know how strong and effective they are, Pasty? Yes, I do. They are strong and effective enough even for Rob Van Dam. Damn! Um, UAPC Inc. has entered into a share exchange agreement to acquire RVD Wellness LLC as a wholly owned subsidiary. So they are buying the entire company themselves. UAPC Inc.'s mission is to acquire properties, license product lines, and distribution in cannabis and hemp industries through mergers and acquisitions, and then to expand these businesses around the globe. Sounds like you learned a thing or two from Vince. I'm telling you, RVD's line of products is actually their first acquisition in this field. It's pretty exciting. I think his secret is he doesn't take the THC out. That's probably the best, <laughs> the best way to do it, baby. It's the old CBD THC. You got to love it. That is some good shit. I mean, as soon as fucking RVD is coming into his own, by God, he's going into the pockets of of the big timers. Yes, indeed. And now, for a few Ring of Honor contract renewals. Brought to you by B-Sticks Podcast, coming and goings. First, we got the Bouncers. That's Beer City Bruiser and Brawler Milanus. They have signed new deals with the company. The beer-drinking behemoths formed a tag team in 2018 and were trained by WWE Hall of Famers Harley Race and Killer Kowalski. 
respectively. Those are two big badass men's men's on your Yes, face indeed. Bruiser has made his official Ring of Honor debut in January 2015 during the Top Prospect Tournament. Milanis de- debuted in 2017 Top Prospect Tournament. And I'm really happy to see they're sticking with the company because this is a good fit for them. Great fit for them. Um, Maybe NWA would be the only place I'd send them besides. Right. And NWA really isn't making any moves right now. So this was the right choice. Not a huge Brawler Milanis fan, but Beer City Bruiser is awesome. And and, and they make a great team together. Like, you know, Beer City Bruiser is fine as a singles. Brawler needs the team. And, And I love the team. I think it's great. So awesome. Uh, but as you announced, um, a few contract renewals. So let's move on. We also have the announcement of the Tag Team Champions re-signing. And for those of you who don't follow ROH and don't know who the champions are, well, one of them is Jonathan Gresham, who is not only the current Tag Team Champion, but also Pure Champion as well. And he has re-signed with Ring of Honor. He is also the head trainer at the Ring of Honor Dojo. Gresham signed with ROH in 2011, made his debut in the 2011 Top Prospect Tournaments. So you can see this um, this Top Prospect Tournament is almost like the old school uh, Tough Enough or something where they get these random indies from around the country, get the best of them, and some of these guys last forever. You know, Jonathan Gresham, 2011 Top Prospect. That's... 20 or uh, that's 10 years ago, Pacey. That's a whole decade ago. We've seen Bruisers 2015. That's been six years ago. Like they're, they're keeping their folk. Yes, they are. And that's not all because you can add Gresham's partner, Jay lethal to that list. He also renewed his contract with the company. Of course, lethal made his debut with ring honor all the way back in 2003 as a teenager. And he worked there until 2006 when he left for TNA Impact. He returned in 2011 and has been there ever since. Lethal is the only wrestler to have held all three Ring of Honor singles titles and the only one to hold the Ring of Honor World title and the Ring of Honor World television title simultaneously. There's no word yet on how long any of these new contracts are for as of this recording, but they're all amazing. So basically, just to let people know, Jay Lethal, other than the the women's title, which is brand new, he has held every title in Ring of Honor um, other than the Pure Championship, which, of course, was short-lived and then just recently came back. And I would not be surprised to see uh, Lethal versus Gresham for the Pure title sometime in the near future, which would easily be a match of the year candidate. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Good for all of, I mean, these four are just, these are great guys with, with everybody picking up folks. Um, maybe not so much WWE anymore, but we know MLW learned the hard way to lock down wrestlers, especially after uh Roosh left them when they made him world champion. <laughs> and I know that uh, he's been very uh, open, and Wade Keller has been very open and honest about that. He fucked up there, tried to be the nice guy, and then he got fucked. Um, AEW, obviously, is locking folks up left and right. 
So I think Ring of Honor is doing the right thing. These four guys can easily be cornerstones for the next decade. So good job. It's only a matter of time before they're added into the whole fucking hullabaloo of everything going on. You could, we could only Impact, hope so. New Japan. We, we could only oh. fucking hope so. God, that'd be oh, awesome. Oh, man. And speaking of somebody who's in the middle of the fucking hullabaloo, good old John Moxley, former WWE wrestler, former CZW wrestler, current IWGP United States champion, and current A- and former AEW World Heavyweight champion, returned to New Japan last Friday night, and it happened, Pasty, just as we were fucking recording last week's show, and we did not fucking know about it, and so now we're late to the game talking about it. God damn it. God damn it indeed. So anyways, long story short, Kenta, who's held a contract for a shot at the IWGP US title since last August. Patient man. He worked the main event with his fellow Bullet Club brethren, Hikulio and El Fantasmo. Well, sadly, the Bullet Club lost to the trio of former WWE wrestlers, Leo Rush, TJP, and the former Darren Young, who is wrestling as Fred Rosser. But then Bullet Club jumped them after the match. And that's when the lights went out, and old Mox made his first in-person New Japan appearance since he retained his title against Minoru Suzuki at one of 2020's New Beginning shows. Almost a full fucking year ago. It's almost been a year since the United States champion has been on New Japan programming. Um, Not his fault. COVID, obviously, you know. But it's a huge deal. Huge fucking deal. And he told Kenta that Kenta's quote, a dream of becoming IWGP US champion just became a nightmare. And Mox vowed to see Kenta in Tokyo, quote, one of these days, and you gotta assume one of these days was Wednesday at Dynamite. Was Wednesday, what, was Dynamite at Tokyo? <laughs> no. Oh. God, you had me all excited <laughs> for a second. And then Dynamite was in Tokyo. That's uh, good shit. <laughs> Awesome. Two huge, huge guys. Two two of, uh, I mean, I guess there's a million people you could say this about, but these are easily two top guys who were top guys before coming to WWE, were delegated into joke roles, and then left and came back to be even bigger top guys than before they were in WWE. And now they'll go back to WWE. (laughs) (laughs) As they could at some point. Uh, long story short, though, um, these guys, I mean, they, they got a lot to prove. And, my God, they're just two awesome wrestlers. This is this is good. This is oh, yeah. nothing but good. Oh, yeah. And in more good, albeit predictable news, we called this shit a long time ago. We did. Switchblade Jay White made a shocking return to New Japan Pro Wrestling on Monday. White left fans murmuring and speculation after a post-Wrestle Kingdom 15 meltdown that seemed to signal a possible end for his tenure in Japan. At New Year's Dash, White fell to Tomohiro Ishii in a multi-man tag team match and disappeared without even a word. Fans watched as his profile was scrubbed from the NJPW website, his cards removed from the NJPW collection trading card game, and posters featuring him going up and then coming down for the upcoming anniversary show. 
The Royal Rumble came and went as imaginations went wild, believing Switchblade was headed to WWE. But Monday night, it all changed as Jay White struck, attacking Tomohiro Ishii after Ishii got the decided fall in a tag match with Bullet Club during a Road to New Beginning show in Korakuen Hall. It's still my era, White declared. Best decision for White. Um, I stand behind the fact that I am not a Jay White fan. No. And I think if he goes anywhere else, he's going to be a mid-carder. I don't see him being a main eventer anywhere other than New Japan. I don't like him being a new uh, a main eventer in New Japan, but I, no. I don't see it anywhere else. I'm happy he's back with New Japan, though, because I feel like he's going to be definitely a needed linchpin when, you know, the elite comes to take on the club eventually. Right. I mean, he's he's a... Uh, he's definitely got a big name in Japan. And you know what? Japan's known... A lot of times there's great wrestlers that just never make it in America that make it in Japan. Machine Gun Carl Anderson is, is one you could talk about. And, uh, yeah, he's a... At this point, he's a tenured Bullet Club member. At this point, so I, I agree. I think it's good for New Japan. Might be the worst era of the Bullet Club, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Um, But good for both of them. Good for both of them, Pacey. And somebody else that uh, it's good for is uh, the guy who spits in the face of those who... Aren't cool. Oh, aren't cool, Yes. Thank you for covering my ass there. Because Carlito, it appears, is on a three-week trial run with the WWE, which, of course, started with the Royal Rumble. This at least according to Wrestling Inc. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is that? Well, I mean, it's Wrestling Inc. They don't always have the best news. Uh, I'd say they got a good track record. I'd say they got a pretty good track record. Anyways... The former Intercontinental Champion returned at Royal Rumble this past Sunday. And that was his first in-ring appearance for WWE since 2010, over a decade ago. According to sources close to the situation, MVP is the one who had been pushing for WWE to give Carlito a second look as either a wrestler or even backstage producer. Triple H eventually gave his approval for the trial run, and uh, here we are. Hey, Carlito looks better now than he did back then. Yeah, but he also has been out of America where they test for roids. I mean, right. honestly, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's not even a fucking, yeah. Well, he's not looking like Jinder Mahal. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much. That's true, but you know what? I've just, I've never been a Carlito guy. I know Pasty thinks I love him. Um, there's a couple I pictures do. of me sucking his dick out there on the <laughs> internet. I had nothing to do with love. It was all for money, folks. It was money. <laughs> You it was did money. It for the apple, right? He gave me, man. He said he had stock in an apple orchard. What did that noise? <laughs> he said he had stock in apple, and then when I got it, it was like this crab apple fucking farm. And I was like, I thought he meant like the computer. But anyways, that has nothing to do with it. Um, did he spit in your face? Well, you know what? Something spit in my face. It wasn't from <laughs> his mouth. But that's again beside the fucking point, pasty. God damn it, here. Um, 
no, no, he has no reason to be on this roster. There's so many talented people on this roster, both, both new guys and um, a lot of veterans. Carlito adds nothing, in my opinion. So. I think I think he adds about as much as MVP does. Like MVP oh, doesn't need to be out there. Of I'm glad MVP is there. He doesn't need to be there. First of all, MVP. <laughs> oh, I, I would know. Put, I would put as right now. I'd put him right behind uh, Paul Heyman as the best talker in WWE. Hello. Maybe. Wow, who who's uh, better? No. My dog didn't like you comparing comparing MVP oh, to Paul Heyman. Fuck. But. <laughs> Pasty, all I gotta say is fucking bust the peanut butter out and fuck those dogs like you always do. Um, <laughs> second to that, MVP is a great wrestler. Always has been. Carlito is capable, competent. You should say, why not just stay in your father's promotion? You know what my I mean? Thing is like. Are the fucking shining stars going to come back now? <laughs> Diego and Fanwego. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah, we don't but, need uh, Diego and Fanwego. Also, I got to say, I kind of, I'm not really down. Why is he got to carry an apple around if it's COVID and he can't spit it at people? It like loses its point. Like, why is he? What are you, I'm a school teacher. Why is he got to be there? Because he's Carlito. It's not an answer. That's why he should be at WWC. He is <laughs> a bigger draw than Goldberg. I love you, Pasty. He had the biggest fake pop at the fake Royal Rumble. Uh, I can't argue that just because I didn't see it, but also <laughs> at the same time, that just means that's who they want to push, which would make sense, but also sad. I don't see him. I hope he doesn't come back to win titles. I hope he just comes back to maybe... I don't know who who could even use his help. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he could be a manager, Almost. and I'd be okay with that. But it's like, yeah, he'd have to find a, a group to. Oh, he's just gonna join the hurt business. I hope not. <laughs> you guys seem cool. <laughs> They're awesome. They don't need him. Uh... Ah, it's time for some good news. Yes, because Pasty, not only do they not need Carlito, there's other motherfuckers they never needed to begin with. Right. Lars Sullivan was quietly released sometime in January, according to the He wasn't even important enough to get a fucking, (laughs) we bid you the fucking uh, fondest endeavors. (laughs) Lars is still listed on the official SmackDown roster as of this writing. The report noted that WWE officials confirmed their departure on Tuesday. Sullivan was originally signed in 2013 and made his WWE NXT debut in May 2017 to no fanfare. His main roster debut came in January 2019 to no no fanfare. fanfare. (laughs) And then a bunch of people dug around on the internet and found out he had made racist remarks in a bodybuilding forum. And then they dug a little bit deeper and found out he made gay porn. Not that that matters. Which, uh, by the way, does not matter, but... But when you're a guy who's going to make hateful comments, I feel like you should probably look at your past choices and, you know, have a little bit more compassion. Maybe. (laughs) Probably. Which which led all of us to have zero compassion for this man as the world shit on him. Some some would call him a man. Some would call him a boy. (laughs) I call him a piece of shit. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, but yeah, WWE aired vignettes and interviews with Lars in late October and November, and nothing came of it. At one point, Vince really wanted to push Lars, but changed over time as Lars repeatedly no-showed WWE TV tapings. Like, he's some hot shit. He's hot shit. There's I no- mean, he likes hot shit. Look up all Lars Sullivan's two cups. <laughs> two kegs. Two keggers. There's no word on what Lars has planned for the future. But uh, I do think he came out and said that he was thankful WWE let him go and didn't make a big deal out of it and that he has no plans on wrestling, which is great. It's great for all of us. Fucking fantastic. Nobody gave a fuck. No. He wasn't good before we knew he was racist. Right, yeah. Or sexist or uh, bigotry. Homophobic or whatever. Bigotry, yeah. He's bigotry. Bigotry, we called it. Yeah. We didn't care before that. And now it's like, well, fuck, we don't care at all. Yeah. Oh, good. Get the fuck out of here. We don't care. I love the fact that after he came out as a bigot, it comes out that Vince really wanted to push him. <laughs> That's when Vince it got wasn't, behind him. Yeah, it That's wasn't. Exactly it wasn't that he hated <laughs> gays. It was that he no longer showed up to TV tapings that pissed him off. God damn it, I had this whole segment where you were going to just beat up these gay guys and drag them behind a Ford pickup. Uh, yeah. Well, Pasty, someone wasn't quite so quietly released this week. And that man would be Steve Cutler, who WWE announced that they released just yesterday as of this recording, uh, two days ago as of this airing. Some would call that Thursday. <laughs> Cutler was called up to the main roster on SmackDown as a member of Forgotten Sons. Pasty, I forgot this motherfucker again. Because <laughs> when I seen he was released, I had no fucking idea who he was, and I had to do a lot of research. It's just uh, funny little- to me because apparently Edge really liked like the two not bad guys of that group, and then <laughs> Edge won the Royal Rumble, and then he got let go. That's good shit. Uh, he was in the Forgotten Sons alongside Wesley Blake and Jackson Riker. The group was removed from television just two months later, though, so they only lasted two months on the main roster, and, after, and that was after a controversial treat by a tweet by Riker. It was a treat, also, who praised Donald Trump shortly after the killing of George Floyd. Cutler and Blake briefly returned to television last December as part of Baron Corbin's Knights of the Lone Wolf faction, which uh, I never that, knew that faction existed. had a name. Okay, I was just going to say, I never knew that existed, and I didn't need to know it. Yeah, I didn't want to see it. I didn't know it existed. I'm happy I never knew it existed. Um, But there you go. Um, But he was never used after that, according to sources. Apparently, there was heat on Cutler. Pasty, for all the bad things people do in pro wrestling, you know what pisses Vince McMahon (laughs) off the most? (laughs) Sneezing. Well, that uh, that is one of the things. God damn it, he got COVID and refused to come to work to spread it to everybody else. God damn it. That's not acceptable. I think Jackson Riker still has a fucking job, though. He does. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, oh, he's still fucking employed. The guy guy who wants to murder black people is employed. The guy who took time off because he was fucking uh, symptomatic with COVID and didn't want to hurt other people is fired. It was no you that- mean you're not going to come to Legends Night? Now, Pacey, some people might say, well, this is probably an HR decision, and it really wasn't up to uh, 
Vince McMahon. It was noted that the heat was specifically from Vince McMahon. <laughs> Lars Sullivan had to no show multiple times to get fired. This guy. <laughs> this guy was always for taking sick leave. Right. Cutler responded to the news in a tweet. And they got nothing to do for him. And so he wasn't being used. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cutler was not uh, informed of the release. And uh, he let us know that he found out. He responded to the news in a tweet. Unfortunately, today I was released. It was shocking, to say the least. But I am excited about the future and all the possibilities in front of me. Thank you for your continued support. 90 days, the countdown begins. Don't know who Steve Cutler is, but nobody's counting down to him. Well, he's Sorry. no Brandon Cutler. He, he's no fucking Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might still be with a company if he was. Just... Who the fuck is counting down to this cocksucker? I don't know. But he's, he, I mean, he's smart for putting that because it makes some people think like, oh my God, he's a hot agent. We better jump Ooh. on Nobody's going to sign him. I hope not. He's going to AEW, isn't he? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's beginning to be a thing I have to worry about. It's, uh, God. You know, I did, never wanted to say it, and, and a lot of the acquisitions they had at first were reasonable, and now it's like, yeah, that's a concern you have to have. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they won't, and they probably won't, but it could happen. Uh, well, WWE has officially announced the appointment of Christine Lubrano as the, as the role of Senior Vice President of Creative Writing Operations. Lubrano is responsible for all strategic operations for WWE's Creative Writing Division and will report directly to Brad Blum, WWE's Executive Vice President of Operations. Lubrano is charged with developing and leading a team of wrestlers for Raw and SmackDown and will oversee long-term planning for the team and manage its operation in collaboration with Executive Director Bruce Pritchard. Lubrano is Emmy-nominated and accomplished programming executives with deep knowledge of the media landscape and am willing to bet nothing to do with wrestling. No, not at all. (laughs) In 2019, she launched Lubrano Media, where she developed a scripted and unscripted shows while providing executive producing and consulting services. She has been integral to the success of Emmy award-winning Portlandia. Wow. That's about as far away from wrestling as it gets, but an awesome show. If you want to watch some weird shit. Yeah. It's never, it's never hooked me. I've never watched more than an episode. He says, He says, if you want to watch some weird shit while being on a pro wrestling podcast. (laughs) Yes, I want to watch some weird shit. Lars Sullivan, two cups. (laughs) And lead creative force behind the acclaimed Emmy-nominated Documentary Now series created by Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, and Fred Armisen. That's a good one. That is. I like uh, documentaries, so I really like spoofs. Of document that's just something I never even considered. It's good. I mean, I think this. I, I think this all comes back to pasty. We as wrestling fans don't like to admit it, but it's WWE is a television company, and it has nothing to do with pro wrestling. And 
this is probably a good move for them. I mean, no other company is making ratings and making money. And WWE is. AEW is not. Impact's not. NWA is not. MLW is not. Vince knows how to make money and knows how to run a business. I don't think, you know, it's uh, it's not for me. Obviously, because, you know, I host a pro wrestling podcast with you. <laughs> and it's not pro wrestling. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's not pro wrestling. But it's probably smart. Those are... Just those two alone are very successful shows, and I'm sure she's part of other, you know, very successful shows, or or even semi-successful. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a double-edged sword. People like you and I, we're not going to like what she brings to the table. Is she going to make them more money? Probably. You know, I like to whack bushes with my favorite double-edged sword. Oh, I'll tell you what. And you know somebody who has a uh, a double-edged sword that'll whack a bush or two? The team formerly known as the Sheep Herders, or you may know them as the New Zealanders. Hell, if you like to go south of the border, they're the Los Pastores. But, Pasty, for you and I and a lot of the WWF fans out there, we're just going to say, the Bushwhackers are back! Oh, hell yeah! Dude, I want to see them versus the Rock and Roll Express at, like, <laughs> AEW Revolution. Last man standing, anything goes, no holds barred. I was just thinking TLC, but that works too. Basically, this past Saturday, Bushwhacker Luke Williams confirmed on his Facebook page that for the first time in two decades, 20 years, WWE Hall of Famers Luke Williams and Butch Miller are formally back together. Except for, you know, when they did that for, for the Hall of Fame ceremony for WWE. They didn't wrestle. <laughs> this is exciting. I'm afraid for them. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, Pasty, according to the release, the 35-time... Yes, folks, you read that right. You heard that right. That's so You're crazy. listening right. 35-time tag team champions... Actually, now available for bookings at your home, local gyms, at the Costco, if you want something in your Walmart parking lot, um, all around the world. Just for this year, though, and promoters will be able to book the Bushwhackers as a tag team for any non-wrestling-related events, meet-and-greets, virtual meet-and-greets, seminars, online seminaries, wrestling seminars, promoting your business or product, conventions, commercials, special appearances, other activities, or even for physical wrestling. The Wild Duo first teamed up in 1966, pasty, in their native New Zealand and wrestled together for 35 years. Of course, they first started off as a blood and guts group, very similar to the Head Shrinkers, Abdullah the Butcher, Bruder Brosey, um, just complete opposite of the characters they became when they moved to uh, WWF, which, by the way, they had to fucking love. <laughs> they were making more money and not bleeding everywhere and going through tables. Um, Butch was forced to retire as an in-ring competitor back in 2001 after a neck injury and moved back to New Zealand, although Luke Williams has still been an active wrestler on and off to this very day. 
This is this is cool shit. It's weird. Usually I'd be angry if old guys came back to wrestling, but this is the fucking Bushwhackers. I mean, I want to see Bushwhackers versus New Day. 2020 and 2021 have been fucking weird. And you know what? The Bushwhackers coming back. They're fucking way, way down the list of the craziest shit. So God bless them. Happy to see them. And you know what? When you're hardcore wrestlers, you don't have to be fucking good. You can just go out there and just bleed. (laughs) Really? And you talk about the Bushwhackers and it gets me thinking back to this week's uh, uh, being the elite. There was a fucking awesome segment that has nothing to do with Bushwhackers, but has to do with uh, Doc Doc Gallows, former whatever. Uh, Matt, Matt Hardy. And private party, we're talking backstage, and he's talking about how they're going to be going up against uh, the Good Brothers for their championships, and they need to do what they can to get in his head, or get in their heads. And so there's like, you got the thing, and he holds up a ring belly. It's like, yeah, I got the thing. And they go into the room, and Gallows is sitting on a bench, like passed out with his mouth open and tongue kind of hanging out of his mouth. And the kid from the private party goes over and rings the bell, ding, ding, ding. And he gets up and he's all angry and he's like, ah, you rung the bell. You woke me up. You turned me into a Festus. That's Festus with a PH in case, in case Vince ah! loves the name. And then, and then, and then Machine Gun comes over great. and he's like, but if you're Festus, then I'm Jesse. I don't want to be Jesse. Oh, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> you should go watch it. Everybody should go watch it. I laughed my That's fucking ass off. That's so fucking good, brother. And they're like crying because he can't get out of the gimmick and he's like stuck there. And it's, it's fun. Fun I times. Love it. <laughs> oh, Pasty, you know what? Um, fucking speaking about such amazing fun stuff, uh, why don't you bring us into the next uh, segment? Yes, we got to go from that high point right smack dab into a brick wall. And when that happens, you wind up in our injury report. Not a good one this week. No. Of course, Jay Uso was notably absent from the Royal Rumble on Sunday. He hasn't wrestled on WWE programming since the January 15th edition of SmackDown when he lost to Shinsuke Nakamura. According to Wrestling Observer, Jay's absence is due to an undisclosed medical situation. Ooh. Another another drinking ticket. <laughs> There's currently no timetable for Jay Uso's return to the ring. Jay's twin brother Jimmy is still out as well, recovering from knee surgery. He was operated on last spring and was expected to be out for six to nine months while recovering. This is a big hiccup for the uh, head of the table. Um, it's a damn good thing line. he has Paul Heyman, honestly, because he needs yeah. he needs somebody with him, right? It it works I, better. I, that he way. at least he at least did. Actually, you know, now that you just said that, it would be nice to see how well he does on his own. But I I, I wouldn't face. take it away from him right now. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I like him having these other people around. <laughs> No, him being a good badass on his own is too babyface leaning, I think. Yeah, I and I mean, old school WWF, you know, when you talk about early to, to mid-80s, the rule was heels had to have managers. Mm-hmm. That's why you had Bobby Heenan had like seven guys. Jimmy Hart had five guys. You had Lou Albano had three different teams and a single guy. The Grand Wizard had two people. Like, they all had so many people because the rule was if you're a heel, you have a manager. 
and because just because there's so much you can do with it, it just really helps. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Of course, you uh, set this up, Fat Max, so you get to talk about the legend, and I have to talk about the guy nobody ever fucking heard of before. All right, you want to switch it up? <laughs> no, I just wanted to get that little jab in because I'm a piece of shit. You are a piece of shit, and I and I love both of these guys to be honest. Well, the first person I love is actor and porn star Dustin Diamond, who passed away at age 44 on Monday due to stage four lung cancer. Dustin Diamond was best known for his role in multiple pornographic films, but also for portraying Screech on Saved by the Bell. He also made several pro wrestling appearances over the years, and was a big fan of the sport of pro wrestling. Dustin Diamond appeared as a contestant on Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling back in 2008, and he also made several appearances with Memphis Championship Wrestling in the early aughts. That's 2000s for you young kids. He also did multiple indie company shows later in the years, including FTW in New York City and AAW in Chicago. The man known as Screech also competed in a boxing match during an NWA TNA pay-per-view on September 18, 2002. Dustin Diamond defeated Tiny the Timekeeper in that bout by knockout. Tiny the Timekeeper, of course, is a little person. (laughs) I went to elementary school with a kid with the last name Screech with a T. Yeah. God, he would flip out and be so mad if you ever called him Screech. Oh, was try. He must have broke two or three pairs of my glasses. I'm going to uh, break kayfabe a little bit here, but um, try being named Bubba while fucking Forrest Gump was the hot <laughs> for, the, for three, four years. And you love shrimp, too. I do love shrimp! <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you opening your lunchbox at school packed full of shrimp and everybody's just staring. I got shrimp scampi. <laughs> I got sauteed shrimp, coconut shrimp, butterfly shrimp, shrimp cocktail, shrimp on the bobby. I got peel and eat shrimp, shrimp with the tail off, stuffed shrimp with cornbread, stuffed shrimp with raw bread, stuffed shrimp with white bread. <laughs> Stuffed shrimp with pork. That's the other white meat. Stuffed shrimp with chicken. That's the original white meat. We got shrimpy, the little midget. He's here. He's handing me more shrimp. It was rough. (laughs) Do people not want to sit with you on the bus? Um, yeah, they like to sit with me because I had good weed. <laughs> you can sit here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. And everybody knows Dustin Diamond's Screech. Everybody knows Bubba from Forrest Gump. And everybody knows Butch nobody, Reed. Nobody has ever heard of Bruce Reed. <laughs> Sometimes I hate you, Pasty. 
I do. Welcome to the club. I hate me all the time. I wish I'd fucking die already. Do you know how many people I've made out with at the grocery store? Seven? Teen. In the last week. Wow! I'm licking toilet seats and shit. I only got herpes. What's a guy got to do to catch COVID around here? It's rough. <laughs> but yes, Bruce Reed, better known to fans as Butch Reed, that didn't help me at all, suffered from two heart attacks well, in January 2021, off. according to an official statement on his Instagram account. Reed is best known for his time at NWA as one half of Doom. Say I like Doom 64 better. Alongside Ron Simmons. I'm kidding. I love you guys. All of you. He signed with Jim Crockett Promotions in 1989 after two years in WWE under the name The Natural, which just got me thinking about Dustin Rhodes. Butch Reed. Following his departure from WCW, Reed continued working the independent scene. He retired from active competition in 2011. Then just this morning, Friday the 5th, he passed away. I hate and you, Screech is the only one people were talking you, about. I hate you, Pasty. I fucking hate you. I love you. My God, I'm going to piss on your fucking grave before you even die. You piss on me all the time. I, I don't know, care. but now I'm going to piss on your grave. You'd like me to piss on you. <laughs> you don't like me to piss on your grave. Ah. <sighs> uh. Anyways, Butch Reed is a fucking legend. I was legend. so mad when he died. And by the way, I'm like, I have to do this now. I have to. I got to keep my character going. Yes. And, and by the way, folks, not only is fucking Butch Reed just literally an icon in the sport. And, and he is. And he's one, of the, he's one of those people that you know of as just a fucking badass. And he helped pave the way for African-American wrestlers. And, and during February, you know, it, it can be a joke or whatever. And we should always appreciate every race, just to be honest. I mean, except for white. Sorry, Pasty. Harley we should appreciate every sometimes. race. But, um, you know, it, it's Black History Month. And, uh, you know, Butch Reed, he was a football player, uh, a great football player, actually played for the Chiefs, who are going to the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, won many NWA titles. Uh, Doom was one of the best tag teams in um, NWA at the beginning. They were masked. People, you know, didn't know who they were. It turned out to be Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Ron Simmons and his tag team partner. Yes. Yes. Fucking pasty. Um, at at uh, WrestleMania 3, he faced Coco Beware. If I, I, I swear, I, I think that's a real thing. Yeah, that is a real thing. I might I had to go to Wikipedia up, to find but, out. Oh, did you? Okay, okay. I was going to say, I think that's a real thing. I think it was him and Coco Beware, because back then, black people had to face black people, and that's just the fucking way it was. But, I mean, Butch Reed is badass, and in, in recent years, there's been a resurgent of... Uh, Butch Reed memes. It started with Butch Reed created Facebook and then it came to Butch Reed just did everything. It's like, oh, you know the clouds in the sky? Butch Reed made clouds when he fart. It was almost like, uh, um, 
what do you call it? The white guy. The um, white cowboy. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, I know his name too. Jesus Christ, uh, he was just an. He didn't um, walk the Texas takes. Ranger. Yeah. Um, anyways, he was like the black <laughs> equivalent of. I'm the, glad we didn't remember guy. the white guy's name. <laughs> I don't know why I he's hope a huge star. Everybody forgets my name too. <laughs> he's a big star. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but yeah, it was because like because he was just doing an ad for fucking war tanks. It was like, this guy doesn't a, play video games. You live play in a house. Tanks. You live in a house. Yeah, Butch Reed created houses, or you know, it was a, so good for Butch Reed. He's an amazing, amazing man, and. uh uh, it, it's sad to see him go, but, you know, in the words of, uh, in the words of his tag team partner, damn. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. Everybody. I'm there sorry. It made me feel even worse when I read the shit and I'm like, wow, I, I recognize everybody he's worked with for the most part. You legitimately just, didn't recognize uh, Butch Reed's name? Yeah. Wow. That that yeah. is surprising, just to be honest. Hey, like I said, I looked it up. I, I put in my work. I'm like, I gotta try I'm to bring something back. I'm proud of you. <clears throat> yep. Love, spread it like cancer. Just not to any more old wrestlers, please. Well, spread the love. <laughs> Fuck old wrestlers. Don't spread love to old wrestlers. They're fuckers. Remember what I said about the bushwhackers? <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Folks, if you're out there, just be happy. I don't care what it takes. Just be happy. And uh, with that being said... Next week, another Beef Sticks. You know what? I think it's going to be better than this one. Um, again, let us know. We got some time. Let us know what you think about this new this new operating system we're on. We're loving it. it it's very enjoyable for us. But Sounding really good, too. I, I, I don't listen so. to our podcast often. But the, it comes down to you, the listeners. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We're... We can adjust anything and make it more difficult for us to make it better for you. So let us know. We're really enjoying this. We're having fun. This is our fourth season, fifth year. It's just a blast. Things are so much different now, but we keep making it fun. And you, the listeners, make it even more fun for us. Keep it up. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks podcast. Twitter at CSB. And on Snapchat, um, just look up i.m.a.pato. That, that, that's not us. Oh, no, that's my personal one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do I'm that just, Snapchat shit. I, uh, you know what? I have on Instagram, one. but you ain't going to get no, nothing out of us over there. I don't think either. Oh. I have Snapchat, but I only use it for married women because otherwise I really don't understand the point of it. Yeah. Like, isn't it just Instagram, except you don't want the husband to find out? Isn't that what Snapchat is? Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. That being said, love everybody. I love y'all. I love you. I love them. And we were spreading cancer. And uh, Well, stay.
snap the fuck out of it, bitch.